0: Welcome into at the podium. This is episode 18.5 brought to you by the five folks at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. Today, we have our usual press conferences from the coordinators, starting with defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz. He praised the Eagles' defense in their 16-15 win over the Chicago Bears in the wildcard round and went into detail about how Malcolm Jenkins, Nigel Bradham, and Craven LeBlanc helped them limit the Bears' best weapon in Tariq Cohen. Plus, there's some praise for Rasul Douglas, who has gotten a lot of love on this network and deservedly so. He also talks about the upcoming battle with the Saints' offense that gashed the Eagles in the regular season and what he needs to do to prevent that from being a sequel. Next up is offensive coordinator, Mike Rowe. Of course, he has asked about Nick Foles, along with the whole foles wentz dynamic, as he is every time. He also shed some light on the decision-making when it comes to the running back group and their snap share. So tons of information in these press conferences as we gear up towards the divisional round matchup with the Saints. And we'll be covering it from every angle here at Bleeding Green Nation. So keep an eye out for the usual rack of preview shows, plus... Some special guests will be appearing on this feed this week, but that is coming up later in the week. Right now, we're going to go to the podium. Game plan
1: away. How do you, how do you slow Drew Brees and, and if you look at the numbers? He's always been historically good against the
2: Blitz. Um, you know, I think you got to mix it up. Um, you have to tackle well. There's some things that you, you can't defend every single pass. If you do, you're going to give up, you know, too many plays down the field. Um and I think there's some that you just have to tackle. There's others that you have to pick and choose your times to be aggressive. I don't know that this is a game that you can um, you can just stick with one thing and, and stay with it over the course of the game. He's seen just about everything known to mankind. He has good playmakers at all the different positions. Um, you know, so you know there's, there's picking and choosing times. There's sometimes where you've got to play zone. Sometimes you got to play man. Bottom line is you got to defend, you got to tackle, you got to keep the mistakes down.
1: Jim, last four games, you've held opposing running backs to under two point five yards per carry. What's been the difference there compared
2: to the rest of the year? Um, Well, I think that you know when you talk about run defense, people generally talk about the front seven and you know their ability, but it's layered well beyond that. Um, You know, it's it is the front seven. It's every man knowing their job. It's finishing tackling. Um, you know, one guy missing a tackle can make a whole scheme look bad and make ten other players look bad. Um, most of tackling, like I've said before, has to do with positioning and knowing where your um, where your teammates are, where you fit in the scheme. And I think over the sort of the second half of the season, I'd say um, the guys have settled into that. And I think we're you're seeing you're seeing those guys knowing where. Um, you know where they are, and it um, it's resulted in better tackling. Our secondary is tackled better. Um, you know our front seven. We've always relied on those guys, but um, everybody knowing their role within it. You know that that's uh, that's something that's developed over the last half of the season. You
1: spoke last week about how much of a threat Cohen was on defense. What you
2: guys do to buy him? Well, most of that credit goes to uh, Nigel Bradham and Malcolm Jenkins. You know they they had a huge hand in that, and I can't say enough about how those guys played because uh, you know even the the one play that he went down the field that was neither of those guys um, coverage, Um, but it's not it wasn't just stopping the pass it was stopping the run some of the pass we were treating him like he was a wide receiver and that went to um, Cravon, and uh, and Cravon's another one of those guys that you know has really stepped up for us I don't know I I said before I don't know where we'd be without Avante. Um, I don't know where we'd be without Cray. Um, you know, our scouts. Um, sort of midway through the season, um, Joe Douglas came to me and said, "You know, hey, look, there's this guy that just became available, and our scouts got some good feel for him." You know, and 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 guys like Howie and Joe, you know, they're they're sort of up front, and you guys get a lot of those. But some of those guys that work in those back rooms. You know with without a light uh without a window and stuff like that and they're pouring over uh they're pouring over all these um you know guys that get cut or go somewhere else well that was you know that that, that might have been the key to our season um you know putting a waiver claim in on um on, I'd, I'd never heard of craven leblanc before and they and they brought him and said hey we're thinking about claiming this guy and um it was right before Saints game last time we were able to click him in but he had his times also it wasn't all just Nigel and um, it wasn't all just Nigel and Malcolm um, Cray had a, a big part of it and it was a it was a team effort try to keep him down we knew how dangerous he was you could see that on the last kickoff that's a guy that you give him a quarter of an inch or one guy. Misses a tackle and he can make you pay and I was I was proud of the guys the way they the way they um, played against him. When you looked, at I guess on tape before he
1: got here or as you guys were signing him. What did you see and then was that what you got on the field
2: when he got here? Yeah, honestly, I didn't look very much. Um, you know, those 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 guys did all the heavy lifting on that. Um, you know, and we had played against him last year. Um, my, my exposure was only watching our game against Chicago last year and watching them against guys like Alshon. And if you remember, he um, they were down significantly in that game, and I think I think it was Alshon that caught a ball, maybe it was Nellie, and he went hustling down and caused a fumble around the goal line. You know, when, when the game was sort of out of hand and everything, and you could tell what a competitor he was. But, you know, honestly, coaches really had very little to do with that. That was our scouting staff and and um, – you know, particularly, particularly some of those pro scouts that you know aren't guys that are up on podiums a lot of times, and um, you know it was, it was we, we we owe a lot of our season to that.
0: You in a situation like that, when he got here, when Craig got here, how long did it take till you saw, you know, a practice or, or a game that you had something you could really work with?
2: Yeah, I mean, we, we, it take it doesn't take long to be around that guy to know that he's competitive and he's tough. Um, you know, it took a little bit. He's he was he wasn't a rookie. So a lot of times um, with those guys, it's just a matter of getting his terminology up to date and things like that. Um, You know, so it, it, um, you know, it was sort of by necessity he needed to get up to speed quickly, but he was up for the test. He's played some outside corner for us too. You know, I don't know that we win that Giants game. If he can't step in and play outside corner, which was a position that he had hardly ever played and he had not practiced for us, but, um, competitiveness and toughness go a long way, and uh, he brings he brings both of those.
0: And as bad as that
1: first game against the Saints was, I mean, obviously you guys had a ton of injuries, like even during the game and everything. Like what can you kind of take out of that to help you in, in this game coming up?
2: You know, I think there's a lot. I think that um, going forward, um, you know, when it's all said and done, um, we can we can pull some positives from it. Um, we can pull some. We can pull. There were there were some good plays in there that were hard to find, but there were some good plays, and our guys can gain a little bit of confidence. And hey, we can, we can get this done. Um, it also shows you how, you know, one play here and there, the tide can turn really quickly in this league, and and provide that urgency. You know, when it's all said and done, um, neither team's going to start this game with a lead. Neither team's going to start with an advantage because of something that happened. Man, it seems like a, it seems like another season ago, at least at least to us. Um, but you know, each game's going to start out uh, new, and uh, we're going to have to play. We're going to have to play good for sixty minutes in this game, not make up for anything that happened eight weeks ago, and not um, you know, not get down about anything that opened that that happened. Eight, has it was been eight weeks. I don't even seven. seven okay, yeah, seven game, games, eight in that weeks, whatever it is. In that game season. Which one? The same, the
1: first Saints game. Really? I think it was your highest percentage of, of blitzes. Yeah. Uh, what went into that, and was it
0: exacerbated by the, uh, the injuries in the script of the game?
2: Yeah, you know, I, I don't, I don't know who comes up with those stats. I don't know that I would, um, that I would say that all those were. I don't know that that would be 100 percent accurate. We've had some other games. I think that our blitz percentage has been higher. Um, yeah, Jaguars in particular. That was, that was a, a heavy dose. Every game's different. Um, every game comes off a little bit different, like this last game against Chicago. There was a um one short yardage play that we blitzed until the last three plays of the game, just trying to keep it to be a long field goal. The rest of that game there were zero blitzes and um I mean, there was the one it's short 11. yardage. so anyway, so every game's a little bit every game's a little bit different. um every game will play a little bit different again, what we did. What happened in that game is really is really going to have no bearing on how we play in this one and how they play in this one. It's going to be determined by the players that are on the field now, um, how well we execute, how well we tackle, how well um, you know we adjust to what they're doing. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, no? You
1: left your there November eighteenth. Was there any thought in your mind that you could be back there playing them again, or was that the farthest thought that
2: you had? I don't know. If it's the farthest uh, thought from your mind. I mean, you know, when you're in the moment like that, um, you're just worried about, like, the next game and trying to bounce back for the next game and trying to say, okay, this is what we're, this is what we're faced with. This is, um, you know, these are the injuries we have. This is the next opponent. Um, this is what we need to do to win this next game. I don't think you ever look that far ahead. But I will say this. If you do a good job of staying in the moment, and saying, okay, who's our next opponent? Um, you know, what do we? How can we execute against them? What do we have to do this week? And we can go put a, a put a, a winning performance together. If you do that for long enough, then you end up back in that position, and that's you know that's where we we are. And I think one of the biggest things is just such a credit to the players. It's it's tough. I mean, it's a tough business, and um, you know, when when you get beat the way we did, it's easy to play in the negativity. It's easy to get down, but our guys got more determined, I think, and our guys stayed positive, and we were able to, um, you know, have some good results and and make it back here um, or make it back there. So, um, yeah. You know. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Timmy, Timmy meant an awful lot to us last year. And, you know, he's been obviously missed most of the season. But getting him back, you know, first there's a component of him as a player, and he's a good player. And um, second component is he's healthier. So I think that goes in. And then the third is um, something you really can't put your finger on. He means something to our spirit. He's, uh, he's a guy that um, has a little bit of contagious energy. Um, you know, you just see him out on the field. He brings he brings a confidence. He brings a toughness. Has uh, made some big plays for us. How
1: can Malcolm, that Malcolm be when he's trying to convey what he wants to do? Um, I think when he spoke about when you first got here, you had feelings about how you, know, you like to use your safeties, and, and he had been playing the previous way in the previous scheme. How can he? Um, how can he be uh,
2: forthright in that way? Um. I don't know. Malcolm. Malcolm has always been really good at trying to execute whatever we've tried to play to the best of his ability. Um, he's never been stubborn about you know playing a certain way. Playing here, I mean, he can play just about every single position. Um, he also has a lot of experience, and um, he's a good barometer of where we're where we are in the field. One of the reasons I like to call defenses from the sideline and not up in the boxes. I don't like the isolation of the box. I like looking guys in the eye. And there's a lot of times when you say, hey, can you get a guy covered? And a guy, and, and a guy can say yes, but you just feel like, okay, he, he needs a little bit of help or, um, you know, vice versa. Um, and Malcolm is really good at that. He's a, he's a great guy to, um, to, get a, to get a feel for how things are going. Um, he can feel not just himself but the rest of the team, and it makes it easy to make adjustments when you're getting that kind of information, I think that's probably well, is, that, that, is that is that is that where Giants, you're going? The Giants
1: team, for instance, two years ago, when he, you know, just decided to go with an extra defender, he, I think he said he suggested that there was a game earlier this year. I think he felt like something needed to change, and he suggested that. I'm just wondering if, if it's if that's yeah, uh, being persuasive is not the word,
2: but yeah, I'm I'm always open, <laughs> I'm always open to suggestions. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the big thing is just mutual respect that goes back. I mean, he's he's not a rookie. He's been through a lot of things. He knows the defense from A to Z. He knows not just his position, but he knows the other positions. And, and again, having feedback from guys that are on the field that, um, you know, it's, sometimes it's different when you're on the sideline. Sometimes it's different when you're in the booth. You don't really, you know, get a feel. And I think the one thing you're referring to this year Is um, against I think it was the Giants when um, you know the the guys were just a little bit behind all the calls and just said you know hey look um, we just need we just need it quicker not meaning the call quicker but we just need to be able to communicate quicker so we eliminated some things and eliminated some layers of the defense that's great information and um, we have a lot of respect for his ability to give us that information and it's had a lot to do with putting some fires out over the course of the year.
1: How much of that was just that the rock started rolling downhill on y'all early and turning that thing around was just probably not going to happen that day? And how does that play into obviously you always want to start well, but it's an obvious point. But how does that play into how you're thinking about this game this time?
2: Yeah, you know, every game you can point to, like a bunch of really small turning points. You know, no. again, yeah, take us back the the Chicago game. You know, like every, everybody thinks about that game is going to think about that missed field goal. And, and I, I will say this as a competitor, and I, I don't know Cody really well, but he was here for just a couple months uh, when I first came here. Um, one one regret I have in that game is is I was so busy, like being excited and celebrating the win. I never got a chance to go um, tell him how much I respect him and, and how much I respect that you live in that kind of fishbowl. Um, you know, and, and again, I'm super happy that we won and and and, and everything else but any i don't think there's a competitor out there that doesn't know what that's like you know I, i've been the victim of of one that ricocheted off one ricocheted off the other it wasn't the crossbar and went in you know and you realize like how how much of a game of inches that is and um you know everybody on that field whether it was Nigel Bradham I mean he made a he made a mistake on a third down and 11 play got too wide in his own coverage they got a first down were able to keep their their drive alive whether it was a dropped interception whether it was you know Fletch um, you know probably had a play here or there um, you know that kid has one play that's on display for everybody and he misses it by inches um, that's the pressure those guys live through it's the pressure that that all our players go through but more so more so for those guys anyway um how did I get on that soapbox? The early start, the early start. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, what, what I'm saying is there are, you know, everybody everybody recognizes the play at the end. But there's probably a dozen plays in there that you say, wow, if this play had gone different, man, maybe it wouldn't have rolled downhill. man. If we made that interception or we have made that sack or we didn't get this penalty or we hadn't missed this tackle, um, you know, maybe that plays different. We got that third down stop. If our offense had scored. So we, we all we all live in that world as players and, and coaches. We understand how close the margins are and things like that. And it's not just a place at the end that means something. It's a place within. And I think there's a lot that we can um, we can learn and a lot that we can you know um, also gain confidence from from that first um, game. You, you uh,
1: used a lot of dime with the uh, three safeties against the Bears. Just, what do you like about that personnel grouping? What what does it give you guys?
2: Well, you, first you need a flexible guy like Malcolm that can play linebacker slash safety slash nickel. That goes a lot into it. And it just helps to be able to match up different personnels. Um, you know, we use not just not just dime, but we use, like you said, a three safety nickel at times. Um, we use base personnel. We used about every different personnel. You can imagine all of them with a little different thought in mind and all of them with a little different personnel matchups in mind. You need multi-dimensional players, and I think that, you know, you can probably start with a guy like Malcolm. Corey Graham means a lot to us there too. You
1: mentioned the field goal. how much has Hester given you as part of the, the rotation defensive
2: of line? Yeah, it just shows you, again, the, those little tiny things, you know, the, the fingertip can make all the difference between this being an end of the season wrap-up and uh, continuing the play. Um but you know Trey's come up big for us. That was another another pickup by our our scouts. Um, you know he was on he was on practice squad. We had a lot of injuries. You know the one thing with all the with all the notice of our um, our secondary and where they were injury wise, we were in a tough spot defensive tackle wise for a while too. But um, you know Helody getting healthy, getting Timmy back, like we just mentioned, um, getting addition or getting uh, contributions from a guy like Trey. Um, Didn't play a ton in this game. I think he played about a dozen snaps, but he was out there and got his hand up and did what he was uh, supposed to do at the right time, and um, we were able to get the win. New Orleans,
1: yeah. Yeah. What is it about that? What are the elements of that building that make it and and breeze that make it
2: so difficult? Well, yeah, you can probably start with breeze. All, All all places are tough to play. I mean, it's it's playoff time. Not only do the players know what time it is, do the fans know what time it is? Um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, there's you know, every, every place is going to be difficult to play, but also has a lot to do with the quarterbacks that you play, and we got a lot of respect for him. We're going to play our very best. All right. Did you just say you do
3: that? He's always a hard act to follow, isn't he? Mike, uh,
0: Nick on third down and fourth down in, in those situations, his numbers – They've always been really good, but in the postseason, they've been off the charts. What is it about those situations where he's able to thrive? Um,
3: that's I mean I I think it, there's a lot that's factored into that, but he's uh, he's made really good decisions, and uh, we've done an excellent job of protecting him. Um, you know, even the other night, you know, as good, as good a front uh, and, and talent that they have in Chicago, the the offensive line did an outstanding job of protecting Nick all night long, and uh, we had guys get open. So um, guys are doing a good job winning their matchups out there on the perimeter, and we're giving them an, an opportunity to finish a throw-in motion. And uh, he's making good decisions, and, and he's uh, getting the ball out of his hand quickly and uh, giving guys opportunity to make it. Hi. Hi.
0: yesterday, yesterday the Peterson said that this is a different team going into the Saints game this time around in the playoffs. I'm curious, where do you feel like the offense has – improved or developed since that last
3: game? Yeah, I think we've made a lot of improvements since that last game. Um, I think we're six and one since that game and um, feeling good about, uh, you know, where we are offensively. Um, obviously there's every week there's things that you want to improve in uh, and get better at based on what people try to try to do to you. So uh, we know we have a tremendous challenge. They're, they're an excellent defense. Um, they've had a, a really good year and, and um, done a lot of things really well. So um, we're excited for it. We've created a great opportunity for ourselves um, to be here in the divisional round and, and looking forward to getting back there. Well,
1: first the uh, game. running game didn't pick up a lot of yardage, but play action seemed to work really effectively against the Bears. Can you speak to how that strategy can sometimes help you from a an outlook in the passing game as opposed to just the yardage count that you get? Uh, Basically, play action opened up because you ran the ball. You didn't put on the run, it seemed like can that sometimes be a benefit as well as as just the yardage?
3: Yeah, I mean, we've talked, uh, you know, all season long uh, about wanting to stay committed to the run, and we were going to do that. Like, we feel like that's when we're, you know, at our best, when we're we're, um, giving the runs opportunities. And sometimes, you know, it takes a while um, for the runs to to open up and to to be impactful. So um, there's obviously play action passes that are married to to those runs, and, and, and they have an impact, like you said. So... Um, we were able to hit some of those throws down the field and, and change field position and um, create scoring opportunities. Like,
1: that first, like the Saints that can score the amount of points they do. How do you avoid getting caught up in that pressure as an offense, feeling like you need to keep up with them? Well,
3: I think we want to score every time we go out. We, we, we don't go out there and saying we want to take two minutes off the clock. So, you know, our mindset as an offense is to go out and score. Mike,
1: that first uh, Saints game got out of hand pretty quickly, which obviously changes your whole offensive game plan last five games defense has done a really good job on early possessions uh, I think they've only given up 16 points uh, on the first three possessions last five games which how important has that been to you and, and maintaining the game plan you guys go
2: into a game with
3: yeah I think we're I think we're starting the games better um, now you know over the last uh, six seven games and uh, you know we were up to that point point. and um, uh, conversely uh, like you just pointed out I think defense is doing a really good job getting off the field um, you know, early in the game. So uh, we're able to get the lead or, or, you know, at least put points up and then, you know, continue from there.
1: Right, you guys faced Eli Apple twice this year. How much does that familiarity maybe help your receivers? And is he the type of player that maybe you guys want to target uh, in this game?
3: Well, I think he's played really well since he's made the, you know, the transition to New Orleans. So we got a lot of respect for Eli, and um, he's made some some really good plays. You can see him on tape and growing in confidence in that system.
1: On that touchdown to Tate, both Doug and Nick said uh, had kind of a tendency to be aggressive in those gotta have it moments. Like, where does that information come from? Is there a scout on staff who brings that to you? Is that your guys' field study? Just what's the process of learning something like that that can help you during
3: the game? Just grinding on on tape, exhausting the tape, and that's weekly. Um, but that's what we're up up doing. You know, early morning, late at night, and um, preparing and putting these plans together.
1: You guys went to Wendell Smallwood, obviously, quite a bit on Sunday, and it seems like, you know, it kind of varies from week to week and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of wondering, like, how, how you guys figure that and, and also what Wendell kind of provides for
3: you guys. Well, uh, Wendell played really well, you know, ran strong, um, you know, was able to make people miss, break some tackles, uh, thought he showed really good vision in the game. Um, so he did a really nice job. You know, we, we let uh, – you know, Deuce really handles really the rotation of those guys each and every week, and we got um, a package for all of them so that they know that they have a role in certain things. And then sometimes uh, you, you you feed a guy that looks like he's got a hot hand that night. It's his night, and he's playing well, and, and you try to feature him a little bit more and, and keep him going. So uh, it could go either way, but Wendell did a really good job the other night. As a that, Josh Adams'
1: playing time has gone down in, in recent weeks. Only had one snap the other day. Why is that?
3: Um, you know, just like I mentioned, Zach, we had a package for, for Josh and uh, um, a way that, that we were going to use him in the game. And, um, you know, over the course of the game, it just just didn't go that way. And uh, Wendell was playing well, and, and it was one of those games where we want to make sure that Darren Sproles had every opportunity to make an impact in the game, um, getting playoff time. And uh, uh, if we hadn't gotten Darren, Darren in the game, you guys would be asking me why he didn't get in. So.
1: Going back this run, if you start in Los Angeles, it was Donald and Watt and Clowney and then Kerrigan, Khalil Mack. Doug mentioned yesterday Joe Osman, the looks he gives you guys at practice. How important has that been in your preparation to get ready for that? Yeah,
3: game? I'm glad you asked me about Joe. Um, he has busted his tail all season long. And... Um, He's a better player because of the way he approaches practice each and every day, embraces um, the the number of jersey that we put on him. Um, and like you said, we, we've played some excellent pass rushers um, over the, the, the stretch of games here. And um, he's usually been that guy, whether it be Aaron Donald or Khalil, Khalil Mack or Jadavian Clowney or J.J. Watt, um, you know, all these really you know, great pass rushers that we've played against. And Joe has helped prepare the offensive line um for that for for that challenge and and our offensive line has risen to the challenge I mean you look at the way we protected the other night was outstanding what's been Carson's role
1: meetings and on the field since he's not practicing
3: yeah I mean just like you would expect a a typical backup um he's been energetic and enthusiastic and completely supportive uh and in Nick's corner all the way um and you know, not only that, it's just, he's just—he's really bright. So he's got good ideas and sees the game during the course of the game. So as we all sit over there and, and talk about the last series or the next series, uh, is able to interject and, and present some of his thoughts as well.
1: You mentioned the offensive line and how well they've been playing. What's what's been the biggest difference for them over the last few?
3: Um, I mean, I—I've said this all season long. We we got a ton of confidence in uh, our entire offensive line unit and. Um, we just found a little bit of a groove, I guess, got some traction. And, uh, you know, guys are playing confidently. Uh, we're playing well. They're really preparing hard and, and preparing smart and uh, and taking advantage of the reps that we get every day out there at practice. And and uh, and we're going out there and we're executing at a high level right now.
1: Mike, with the noise of that, um, do you anticipate having to use a lot of silent cameras? Yes. You mentioned, <laughs> you mentioned
3: Darren Sproger
1: earlier, Mike. Uh, how important is his pass protection to, to getting him as many snaps as possible. I know he, he had 13 carries, a couple of uh, uh, receptions, but you also kept him in as a blocker uh, several times. I mean, how, how big is that? You know, well, I
3: mean, all running backs, that's part of the job description. So, he those. he yeah, he does a great job with it. He takes a lot of pride in it. Um, so, I mean, we can't always put him in and, and get him the ball. So, he's, he's got to do some of the, you know, get his hands dirty, and he's, he's not afraid to do that. He's... He'll do whatever it takes. He's a complete football player. And um, we know that, you know, when he's got the ball in his hands, he's got a chance to make tremendous impact. So I'm going to keep featuring him. What have
1: you learned about Jason Peters
3: this year that you might not have known last year? Um, well, I, I, I guess I didn't get the chance to be around him as, as much last year because he, he, was, he was injured. But, um, you know, by reputation, you've always heard uh, what a tremendous player he is, and he's obviously that. And he's uh, one of the leaders for us, not only just on offense, but uh, throughout the entire team. And uh, I think he's excited about playing this time of year. So it's kind of fun to, to see him excited like that.
1: On Nick, and, Nick and Carson in this situation, I know we've asked you this kind of before, but every week it gets a little deeper. Do you have to kind of talk to Carson about, you know, you still know who you are and, you know, it, it's a muddled situation a little bit. Uh, in it's muddled
3: in, in what way?
1: Just that Nick has done so well. Yeah. And uh, – Carson is out of view and almost out of mind.
3: He's oh, I don't think so. Yeah, yeah. He, we we're not dismissing Carson around here. Um, like we just talked about, he's uh, he's really involved on a daily basis, and um, you know he's in a supporting role right now due, due to his his injury, and and he's trying to heal up and get himself ready to go. So um, we got a lot of confidence in, in Carson and and the kind of player he is, and uh, right now he's just being a really good teammate.
1: Richard, you guys
3: put in. He played really well. Played solid. I mean, for missing the time they did, really, really did a nice job. And uh, under the circumstances, I mean, they got a they got a really good defensive line, and Isaac stepped up and played well.
1: Every yeah, day with Dallas Goddard, uh, when you first got him, uh, did you expect him to uh, get so good as an in line blocker so quickly, and just from the mere fact he wasn't asked to do it? Yeah, whole-
3: I, I think I, I talked about this last week. Um, you know, that was the one thing he wasn't really asked to do a lot of in college. You know, you could see all the, the skills, the ball skills that he had and the ability to, to run after the catch. Those things were very apparent. Um, but, the, but the other phase of, of playing tight end is, is being an inline blocker. And there's not many guys that can do that. So, um, you know, it's a credit to him. It's a credit to Justin Peel, his, his tight end coach, uh, and, and his rapid development in that area. And uh, he's, he's come a long way. Uh, but he is—he is, he is going to be a really good in-line blocking tight end for a long time.
1: Sure you um, you spent a lot of time with, with Doug, so it's probably hard to kind of step back and look at uh, the maturation of your of your relationship. But what is has the more time that you spent with each other allowed you guys to kind of understand each other a little bit better, and in turn help the offense? Um, I th-
3: I think it's probably fair to say. I mean, without putting any thought into it. Um, Continuity is, is important in this game, whether you're talking about, um, you, know, foot, you know, football in general. You know, why is the O-line? Well, the O-line's played together a lot, and um, the offense is playing better. We've had some continuity, get same guys in the huddle. And um, those things are important, and, and they're undervalued a lot of times and overlooked. So uh, I think, uh, you know, from a, a complete offensive perspective, we've been able to do that and continue to grow and, and keep getting better. You
1: mentioned Goddard after the catch and that you knew he could do that. But that play he had on the winning drive – uh, down the middle, Chris Collinsworth was, like, really uh, – It was a heck of a catch. Right? Yeah. I mean, and down, down
3: on the shoe tops like that. Yeah. Not only that, just to be able to control the ball and then, you know, spin out of a tackle and make a first down. That, that was a huge first down. And that drive on a second and long, um, I believe, the play before that, you know, we had a couple guys open, got a little pressure, weren't able to get it to them. And then be able to make a first down right there on a second down was was critical to keeping that drive alive. So, that's uh, a really good example of, of Dallas uh, stepping up the moment is not too big for him, you know, for a rookie there in his first playoff game to to make that that play and and the route that he ran for the touchdown was uh, excellent. Who came up with the Uh Who came up with it? Uh, it? It came out of the run division, yeah. So I, I wasn't I wasn't in the run division meeting, but it came out of the run division meeting, yeah. What was it called? Well, oh. <laughs> it's called London Special. Yeah, we put it in in London. Yeah.
1: All right. Hey everybody, how you doing? Well, that's good. My name is Bill Matz. I am the director of Fun and Games for Broad Street Hockey Radio Podcasts. And I am Kelly,
0: the
2: deputy managing editor of broadstreethockey.com.
1: I'm Steph Driver, the NHL editorial manager for SB Nation.
0: And I am Charlie O'Connor, lead Flyers writer for TheAthletic.com.
1: And together we make up BSH Radio, one of the shows that you get at the SB Nation podcast family. We have a lot coming to you this year, and we want you to listen to our show. It is just an all-Flyers, all-the-time show, so much content. I really hope you listen to it. It is a great piece of the SB Nation podcast family, along with all your other favorite sports. We all love hockey, specifically the Flyers. Let's go the Flyers.
0: The hockey team, the Flyers.